0: Size Eyes, the life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Casually Profound series, where conversations create deeper connections with others and yourself, where every interaction is an opportunity to laugh, think, and feel fully, where magical moments happen spontaneously and abundantly. This series has discussions that transcend the surface level of what people do or who they are in the outer world. It aims to normalize thinking. I hope for all those engaged in this discussion, including myself, the guest, and especially you, the active listener, we stop and ponder on the ultimate question, who am I, really? All while enjoying every second of it, of course. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Size Eyes podcast and the Casually Profound series. Today, I am with Patty Aluskowitz, who I met a few months ago. If you listen to the r- most recent episode, a lot of the um, people that I've met have been starting to come from um, the Charlotte entrepreneurial, small business, solopreneur type of community. And Patty um, falls in line with that. Um, and so it's I met her a few months ago at one of uh, Lauren Woodrick's uh, parties when she was kicking off the, the squad that I'm a part of, and so we kind of hit it off there in terms of I think there were a lot of great conversations, but I think it yours and I's conversation was one of the most that resonated with me. We were spent you know solid 15, 20 minutes talking about a lot of different things, um, but it was like a deep conversation. I, I knew there was like Alright, we definitely have to have a, a longer, deeper chat later. So in the back of my mind from there that was kind of um kind of planted that seed. But I'm so happy to have you on. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, we'll kinda start off with, you know, some gratitude. Um I guess yeah. For me, I am really grateful for family. I mean I Sounds cliche, (laughs) but um, I was just talking with them yesterday, and they they had like a long road trip. That they went to Dallas, Um, you know. I came back and visited some family friends who just had like a um, a baby shower and whatnot. And so, um, so it's just kind of cool to see the growth of our of our my like my family specifically. Um, Just because like we came to the U.S. Let's say, you know, without really knowing anyone. And we, you know, everyone that we've met here has been on, of our own accord, basically, and not like, like cousins and whatnot, because m- the majority, if not all of them, are in India. Yeah. And so it's like everything's been organic, if you will. And so it's just kind of cool to see the growth of our family and all four of us spreading our wings and doing all of that. Um, on, in a very organic realm, but also connecting with family and family friends across the U.S., across the, across the world. So that's what I'm really grateful for today. <laughs>
1: awesome. No, that, that's great. Before I answer that question, um, were you born here when you say we came here?
0: Oh, so, yeah. So I, I was born in India.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So I, all, all four of us. Uh, so my parents were um, born in India, mm-hmm. um, and then we, we lived in Singapore for a few years, actually, and then we... Um, immigrated to, to the U.S. in 2000. So I basically grew up in the U.S., but I was born in, in, uh, in India.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. So we were before you pressed record on here, we were talking about the, the meetup that I run. And once a month, I do a fireside chat. Um, I bring in a guest. Yeah. I right? kind of like what we're doing here. Um, I bring in a guest that I've met through my travels on LinkedIn and the Agile community that I feel like... Um, you know, they're an honest outspoken person and they'll have frank conversations and tell people the truth about what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but anyway, to make a long story short, the, the woman that I had on this past Tuesday, she's my first international guest and she lives in the UK. And you know, we talked about accents. So this is why I'm telling the story, right? And I, you know, I say to people often, nobody ever knows where I'm from because I have no trace of the accent of where that was. Mm. And I was gonna say the same thing to you, you have no trace of an accent.
0: Right, yeah, because I've been, I'm basically American at this point, and I'm an American citizen now. Yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah, it's just like, (laughs) I I do have, I think I have have a slight accent, I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but it's not an Indian accent, it's not American, my own size (laughs) accent
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is okay i kind of have the same thing um if you could guess where i don't even know do you know where i'm originally from well so
0: oluskowitz sounds like a polish name like yes right okay i was born here though i'm like fourth
1: generation american
0: okay but around the u.s i probably want to be like probably midwestern somewhere can't
1: even trace it right right i was born on long island really yeah
0: wow (laughs) <laughs> you don't hear it at all. Yeah, right? it's not there at all. It's not <laughs> visible or not apparent at all.
1: <laughs> so I well, I moved down to originally Atlanta, but then ended up in Charlotte in two thousand four. And I think that at some point I just lost my accent. Mm. And it I think and it wasn't conscious and I didn't even really notice it until years later. I think it's just being around people. Um that all of a sudden the words sound funny and you just don't say Water, I can't yeah. even do it anymore. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird to me. I don't even say that anymore. But um, no, that's that's why I was just curious oh, where you're though. from. Yeah. But when you ask, like, you know, as you were talking, um, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what am I grateful for? And this is an incredible question because sometimes I forget to stop. I get stressed out, and I, you know, I have so much going on, and I forget to stop and say, what am I grateful for? And all the amazing things have got that have gotten me to this point in my life, and I think for me, and it goes back to um, you know how we ended up sitting at this table here, right? I didn't know you a few months ago. Yeah, it's because you know I go out and I meet incredible people, and these people inc- introduce me to incredible people that have incredible stories, and they have something to say. Um, so. I'm grateful that we're here having this conversation because to your point, when we were standing out there outside of Lauren's pool um, and we just started randomly talking, it was a really great conversation. And we were talking about you know, business and entrepreneurship and bouncing around ideas. And I'm always grateful for that because as entrepreneurs, it can be a lonely business mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need that. Um, and we need people to keep us on our journey because it's too easy to quit. Um, So, I'm inspired by you, I'm inspired by Lauren, all these other people that we have in common. So, round and round the circle we go, (laughs) meeting each other somewhere. I know,
0: it's it's this network of network of
1: networks.
0: (laughs) I love that, I love that process and love their answer there. Um, Yeah, I guess from that gratitude mindset, I love to kind of start off the conversation, um, just visualizing And taking some intentional breaths. Sure. So if you're listening along to the podcast, you guys can follow along as well. Just taking some deep breaths. Getting some intentionality. Maybe the first few intentional breaths you've taken all day. The heart rate getting slower and slower. The breath getting deeper and deeper. The mind getting calmer and calmer. Feeling relaxed physically from the top of our head to the tips of our toes, all of our joints our shoulders, elbows, hands, knees, and all of our muscles at ease. Being centered, grounded, and rooted to the earth. And from there, From this place of stillness and relaxation you can imagine at the end of this chat an amazing conversation so many ideas thrown around insights shared insights found insights discovered that have never been discovered before something to inspire us and anyone who's listening to have a casually profound conversation. Just soak in that feeling for a quick minute. And then from there we can relax and get back to land of a thousand hills here. (laughs) How did that feel?
1: (laughs) I (laughs) did right on cue. The elevator beeps, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I appreciate that you do that on your podcast and that you do that in general. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a former, I say former with a caveat, um, former yoga instructor. I Mm. did that for five years Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm still a practitioner, not always necessarily the physical, but the spiritual and the philosophical. Um, but that's my damn, right? That's, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> love that, love that. Yeah,
0: it's just a, I found it's a great way to just relax and get myself at ease first. <laughs> and get the other person relaxed as well. Um, but yeah, from, from that um, mindset there, first question is, who do others think Patty Luskowitz is? That's, a, that's an
1: outstanding yeah, yeah. <laughs> question.
0: It's a very deep question. You can take deep it question. whichever route you want.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say that, you know, I have listened to your other podcasts with your other guests. So, you know, in hearing what they say, I'm like, okay, you know, you know stop, the, stop the playback and think, like, how would I answer that question? And the first thing that came to my mind was it takes an immense amount of self-awareness to answer that question, and that is, you know, something I'm always working on, of course. Um, but it's a journey that I've been on for a long time. Um, you know, understanding like what I put out there, how it's received, what the responses are back. Um, you know, kind of sitting with that. Was that what I expected? Um, a lot of times it's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. So and when I was listening to Keith's uh, podcast, when he was answering that question, what I immediately thought about is sometimes when I get on calls with folks, um, people that I'm talking to for the first time, um, I don't know them, but they know me because I'm all over LinkedIn. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's always so surprising to me because Um, I just put my stuff out there right I message people back and forth I comment on people's posts but I don't realize how much I am showing people who I am and how they're learning about me and who I am and what I stand for and how I show up to a stranger but they show up to somebody that they feel like that they already know and I think that that is it's always surprising to me but What's even more surprising is some of the things that people say, yeah. they say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're a real person. <laughs> and I'm like thinking to myself, well, what do you mean? Like I'm sitting here in my bedroom <laughs> like, with my <laughs> Zoom camera on all day long, you know, I'm typing away on my computer, like every other human being on LinkedIn, like how could I not be a real person? But then I I realized like there are people that I follow on LinkedIn, and I look up to them and I think that they are, you know, if people think I'm a thought leader, that's amazing, but like, I think these people are the thought leaders, right? And I'm like, are they real people? (laughs) Are they the ones really writing this post that I read every day? Are they the ones responding to my comments? Because you don't know, because it's a person behind an electronic screen. So when people say that to me, I'm like, wow, I can't believe people think that about me. It's shocking. And another crazy thing, because again, I don't see myself this way. People will often say to me, oh my gosh, you're a celebrity. I'm "I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. And I'm like, I can rattle off all the people on LinkedIn that I think are a celebrity. (laughs) right? And I can throw these names out to you, right? these people that get like thousands of comments and engagement on their posts and interactions, I'm like, I don't get a fraction of that. Yet, yet people still perceive me as that and it's like, what do I think about that? And sometimes I don't know what to make of it because I'm just an average person sitting in my bedroom talking on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's really, it also comes with a lot of And I I just think about celebrities and they say, you know, I don't go into this because I don't want people to look up to me. I don't want to be a role model. And it makes me realize that I am. And I have to take this seriously and as a, you know, with some responsibility in a way that like an actor or actress might not. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Does that sound super weird? Because this is the first time I'm saying this out loud (laughs) No, that's perfect. That's that's exactly (laughs) what...
0: (laughs) I know that it sounds like there's a lot of these, like... A lot of, like... I'm sure people can hear it, but, like, I can hear it right now. But I can also see it. (laughs) Right, right? of course. (laughs) Or, like, the... um, There's so many... Like, these thoughts or, like, these questions have been ruminating in your head for... Who knows how long, right? (laughs) right? But i I think that's it's very valid and very um i'm sure and i'm sure the people that you look up to they have those people that who look up okay. to like are those real people <laughs> and so I guess one question I want to ask from there is like what what do you do you what do you define as a celebrity
1: <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> because when people say and again it i've gotten this more than once, so I realize like do i agree with that i don't know but it's still like what it goes back to your original question like how do people see you um when i think of celebrity i think of somebody up on the big screen right they're an actor they're like untouchable people don't really know who they are they have a publicist that you know says you need to say this you need to wear this um don't say this because it's going to ruffle this focus group or whatever And i'm just like i'm not that like so i don't know again i don't know if i'm answering the question but it's like what is the definition of celebrity
0: Mm. yeah i mean because
1: I, i don't feel like i'm famous and that's what i equate celebrity with because to me like i might get 50 or 100 likes on my post not all the time but there are people that get 5,000 and I'm like, those are the real celebrities. Right. And those
0: 5,000 people, like the the people who get 5,000 are like, Oh, someone's got 5 million. And I'm like, I'm a chump or like, you know, whatever the (laughs) thought is.
1: Right. So, um, it's just a, it's a, it's an idea that I would have never, it, it was, it's a thing that I would have never, ever expected to hear because, and I always tell people this, like I'm an advocate for posting on LinkedIn and putting out original content um, for various reasons, but when I started doing this in the spring of 2020, I did it as an experiment. I had been off social media for at least two years. I gave up on it because I'm like, I can't stand this. It's causing anxiety, um, you know, analysis paralysis, comparison, all of these things. Right, the the psychological effects. So, I got rid of my Facebook account. I got rid of my Instagram account. I'm like, I'm done with this. And, you know, when I started to put myself out into professional communities, I realized, like, there are people doing this LinkedIn thing. I need to make an account. And people are like, if you're going to look for a job, you really need to have a profile and have things on there and show people who you are. And I'm like, but I don't do that. Mm. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> then I kind of did that. And then I still didn't get like, you know, I was trying to land a a job at a bigger company, right? I was at a startup and I was trying to land like the big banks in Charlotte, right? Nobody would give me the time of day because whatever reasons. And I'm like, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to start posting content every day. And if nobody will give me an interview, I'm going to interview for the LinkedIn audience. And this is what I said. Yeah and it took a lot of effort and um overcoming internal and personal obstacles but it worked so when people say linkedin works now i'm like i'm a (laughs) test it works and i never imagined that i would be quote unquote famous on linkedin Because I'm just this little introverted person sitting in my bedroom, (laughs) right? Um, And I think what it's done is it's made me a much stronger person. It's made me grow and change in ways that I would have never imagined. It's helped me achieve things that I never would have conceived of a number of years ago because I was not that person,
0: Mm. I guess is there an example of one or two of those things that you've achieved because of LinkedIn or various things mm-hmm. that you never would have thought possible before? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So,
1: number one, it was landing landing a role at a big company when I was getting and when I for about four months I got pushed back like you are not qualified because of X, Y, and Z, and I was thinking to myself, well, it doesn't. That matter these are just boxes to check trust me I can do anything but everybody says that right um, so I landed that big role and it's because I was putting myself out there and putting my ideas out there and the person that found me I, like I was exactly what they were looking for and I'm not like <laughs> I feel like I didn't follow a traditional career path I did a I've done a whole bunch of different things picked up a whole bunch of different skills along the way and somehow that combination Caught the attention of this person, and so I, I, I was able to cross that barrier in a way that, you know, I see so many people struggling with. Um, and specifically, I'm talking about like getting into like the tech industry and getting into the software development space when I have none of those skills, none of them. I've never developed software, <laughs> never <laughs> written a line of code in my life, and that's such a barrier to people. And I'm like, I'm determined to not let that be a barrier for me. I have so much else that I can draw from that I swear to you it doesn't matter. Even though people will argue with me that it does matter. Um, but to take this a step further, si, yeah, you know, so I worked at this company for, for a year And then, you know, I raised my hand for so many things that I'm like, I want to pick up this skill. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, right? And I built up my resume, and then the next time I was looking for a new contract, I had somebody reach out to me and say, we wanna hire you, you don't even need to interview. And this is, again, at a big company. If I said the name, everybody would know. No interview. We already know we want you. (laughs) We just want to tell you about the role.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) The the thing is, I I had already accepted another job offer. So I had to turn that down. But what a story. And, like, this is little old me. (laughs) So when people say, like, how do I get a job with no experience? How do I, like, get an interview? I'm like, put content on... Out on LinkedIn and at some point somebody will see that you're somebody but the thing is that fear is what holds people back and they will give all sorts of reasons and some of them may be legitimate but I say do it anyway because even if a door shuts because of it so many more doors will open that you have so much more opportunity I have companies, you know, businesses reaching out to me saying, we need help with this. Can you help us with this? And I'm like, of course I can. Right? And we write up a contract. We, we come up with a proposal and engagement. But I'm like, this is not quote unquote for sale on my website.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: like when I'm saying this and I say this and I'm like a few years ago, like nobody would say boo to me. On LinkedIn, how is this possible?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Because one thing I've seen is like the it's like the rise in like the kind of the non-article article post, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know how, what the actual terminology is. But it's grow like
1: poetry,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a name of what I do. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> it's
0: like that, or like you know, if, when you look on LinkedIn, it's like half of them, half the posts are like that these days, half of them are like the viral, you know, feel good story. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I guess, where do you see also? I guess, even before the questions, like one thing I was thinking about, it's like. For me, like social media has been, so a, not a love-hate relationship, but it's, it's like, what is the point sometimes? And it's like, oh wow, this is the point, and then and then it's like, what's the point? Right. <laughs> so it goes it goes back and forth, right. right? So like right now, I'm in the so like for the last like let's say July August, I was really posting a lot on Instagram and like TikTok, yeah. like very short form content, yeah. and so that was that got me into a mindset of how do I provide value for someone in a minute or like a minute and a half, which is a different challenge than right. writing out something when you have you know, the entire day, presumably, okay. or however right. long, right? Or maybe even 30 Sometimes minutes. Sometimes
1: it does take that long. Right?
0: <laughs> or like in 10 <laughs> minutes, how do I crank something out? Right. right. But that's a different challenge that I wanted to flex that muscle. But right. then after that, it's like, you know, the other day I spent maybe 30, 40 minutes trying to record a video and then edit it on these, like two different platforms. And then I was like, for how many views, and then like, like how many views am I going to get? How much engagement versus what if I spent that time on, let's say long form content mm-hmm. of like a, a long blog post or a let's say a, a long video, like a, maybe on a course or on like a book or something. Right. right? and so like right now this is just my phase right now of I'm, I basically kind of abnegated the short form content for right now put that on pause sure. and then any content that I create is going to be in a, in a book format and, yes. so, and, so, oh, then, <laughs> and then, so then like, I create this book and then from there I can repurpose whatever aspects of it for the short form content sure. and I feel like even with like podcasts, right? It's like here's a long form piece of content for an hour, or however long for the episodes are, and then I can chunk up, you know, a clip of it for a minute or thirty seconds, or however long. And so I think like content is such a moving goalpost, right? And it's an interesting, is like. And the thing is that one realization I had is like you're playing social media's rules rather than or like i realized i was playing like linkedin's game or Mm -hmm. instagram's game or TikTok's game i want to be playing my game right and so (laughs) i don't know if you've like ever felt that tug of war or push and pull relationship with social media um before or now or how you feel about that
1: yeah absolutely i think as a solopreneur it's becoming increased increasingly you have to be a jack of all trades or at least you feel like that, right? Because now it's now the thing is, you know, one minute TikTok videos, and then it's 30 second TikTok videos, then it's LinkedIn, you know, live, and then it's Facebook ads, and then it's, you know, it's like there's no way you can possibly be good at all of that. And I think what it is is you have to experiment with all of it. Or not with all of it, with some of it. And A see what you're good at, but also see what you love to do. Because it's not always roses, right? To your point, like you could spend four hours writing one LinkedIn post. I've done it. Why do I do that? Because I don't like make any money off of that time, right? Because time is money. Because I wanna hone my craft. Because I wanna tackle this problem of how to take my idea and shrink it into bro a tree or whatever right <laughs> so to your point about TikTok is like you have this idea and if you write it out how do you turn that into a 30 second video and still make your point point? and that's a challenge right and maybe that's your challenge and you love that challenge but that's not my challenge so I, what I've always heard and this is over the since I started kind of dabbling in content creation in two thousand. Fifteen, sixteen, 16, um, and I always heard people say, and this is of course before TikTok, right? So things have changed since then, but people are, are always saying, pick one or two things and stick with it and get really good at it, but make sure you love it because you gotta do it all the time and there are days where you wanna quit, <laughs> but you gotta show up and keep going. And if you know your why behind what you're doing, you'll be less likely to quit.
0: I guess how is your view on social media since that once you started content creation, or even before then? Yeah. And then once you started posting more, you said spring of twenty twenty. Yeah. Started posting more on LinkedIn. How has your views towards social media evolved over those timelines?
1: I think up until when I quote unquote quit social media, so that was two thousand. I'd have to go back and look, 2018, let's call it that. Um, I think I got caught up in the rat race of it, like competition and I gotta get more likes and I gotta get more followers and do I need to join pods and engagement pods and all these other things and you know, this person's doing better than me, this person has better pictures than me. So even if you're not conscious of this, this stuff is still in the back of your head and it messes with your head and you either keep going and keep letting it mess with your head or you have this, um, I went, like you said love-hate relationship, I think it's an abusive relationship almost, right? Um, where it can get to that point where it's social media is mentally, is that the right word? Is that bad to say that? I don't know what the, what other word it could no, be. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: it's designed to keep you addicted and keep you looking at bad stuff and make you feel really bad about yourself. And I think when I got back onto LinkedIn, it was a different platform. So this is not Facebook or Instagram. I had an intention of putting my thoughts out there, moving towards a thought leader, whatever that I thought that was at the time, at the time and landing a job. I had an intention and my intention wasn't to Get likes. My I, I hate to I get noticed. The my intention was to show people that I'm worthy of a job. And I had to keep that in the back of my mind every time I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. Because for the first month, nobody said boo to my content. I got two likes, and I felt like they were pity likes. Right? <laughs> they were my friends. Um. And then you get people saying, great post, great post, like, you know, blowing sunshine up your butt. Then you have people that start to say, well, I don't agree with you, Patty, and let me tell you why. That's where the rubber meets the road, where you don't say, I'm going to hide under my bed and be embarrassed that this person is calling me out in front of a million invisible people. Right? Because that's humiliating.
0: Yeah. To be told you're yeah. wrong,
1: or did you read the Scrum Guide, Patty, <laughs> or like whatever yeah. people would say to me. And I'd want to like, argue back, like, do you think I don't read the Scrum Guide? Like, I, Because in my mind, that's their tone, so I want to meet it with that tone, like, who do you think I am? Do you think I not know what I'm talking about? Like That was my attitude. And then I had to take a step back and check myself and say, was that really what that person meant? Am I reading into this in a way (laughs) that really I shouldn't? Am I responding out of emotion when I need to just maybe ask a question? And I think what this taught me to do was become more emotionally intelligent, become a better coach, become a better listener, and consider viewpoints that I had never considered before. And You know, not that I always agreed with what what everybody says back to me, but like, oh, wait a second, they're right. And maybe I should admit that I didn't quite understand the topic (laughs) and admit that publicly and that's okay. Because people always say, we expect leaders to admit their mistakes and you know admit when they're wrong and all this other stuff. Well, how about I just go ahead and do that and be a true leader in that sense? So I think what it's helped me do is grow as a person, grow as a professional, and I always keep that in the back of my mind. This is why I'm here. And if I find myself getting upset, like I did this morning at somebody, I have to take a step back and I have to say like, is this what this person meant? And that's what you have to do in any relationship before you respond especially with somebody like in person that you know, right? Exactly. So I think it's how do you view this platform? What do you internalize or not internalize about it? And what is your why? Mm. And I think if your why is I gotta sell stuff so I can make money, you start putting that energy out there. And that's where you get people in the DMs saying, buy my courses, you know, buy my certifications. Hey, Patty, do you need more certifications? It's like, no, I don't, thanks. You and a hundred other people have just asked me that question. <laughs> like, meh. like, what do you think about, but so I think it becomes really important to, to understand why you're doing it. And that mm. was a long answer, but I- Yeah, I well, I that think that's, sense. I mean,
0: that's very interesting that you said like, it social media has helped you with emotional intelligence, because mm-hmm. should be the opposite, right? Right. Well, that's what <laughs> like society has trained us to like. Okay, this is. Well, so I guess what one thing I'm curious about then is like. If, since you use it for, for work, you know, for yeah. you know, professionally now. How is the relationship with it from a, an entertainment slash. Non professional standpoint, or do you see those lines blended since you have to use social media now for in a professional setting? How do you view the balance of of that?
1: Yeah, I don't use it for entertainment. Do you mean like do I watch TikTok videos,
0: right? Or like are you just like scrolling through LinkedIn, let's say, for like for specific, like oh, this is like I'm searching for this, I'm searching for content, I'm searching for other thought leaders, I'm searching for these people. Or like, oh, these LinkedIn or these like, let's say Instagram posts are, um, you know, is it like casual as a, as a break, for example, or is it like, okay, I'm searching hashtags and I'm trying to learn right now. How, how do you oh. view it outside the context of I'm writing a LinkedIn post, right? Mm. Like as a consumer of social media rather than a creator of social media.
1: yeah that's also like a, it's a rabbit hole because you can get addicted to logging in and just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So LinkedIn is not different from Facebook and TikTok and in, in that way either. It's just, you use the excuse of, I'm doing professional development or you know I'm not watching cat videos all day long. Right <laughs> I'm, I'm learning about agile. Um, I think you can start to scroll and that's where you start to see people and the things that they post and the comments that they post might trigger you and you have to be careful with that just like any other social media um, because there are definitely people who post to get a reaction from you and then, like this like uh, this uh, three four hours ago <laughs> And I I did put a comment on this post. I'm like, he got me, but I wanted to like make my opinion known. I felt like this guy was um, being deceptive in what he was posting. And he was trying to, I don't want to get into it, but it's like that type of thing where you have to take a step back and say, I got to move on because it's not worth me being angry for an hour because some dude who I know is trying to trigger people for likes, <laughs> like, I know, I can see what you're doing. Um, I can't let that catch me up because I do have other things to do, right? I'm on there for pro- professional reasons. I'm on there for um, client reasons and business reasons, but I got other stuff to do too. And if I don't keep my head in a good space and I log on to a client call, I'm dragging that energy into there. Mm. So it's something that, you know, you have to put boundaries around. And I think for me, do I need to say, and I've toyed with, like, you know, my schedule, right? Do I need to say, like, from 7 to 7.30, like, that's my length and time and that's it. And then I get off. And I set my alarm for, you know, 12 o'clock and I can go from 12 to 1230. But I can't risk being sucked in for three hours.
0: Right. Now that's yeah, it's yeah, like the the consumption versus creation ratio, if you will, mm-hmm. is I think skewed generally. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so but the thing is, like when we put out content, it's the process of the content rather than than just the content. Like what you said earlier, of like here's a problem that I'm trying to solve, in you know f- 400 words or less on a LinkedIn post or in one right. minute on an Instagram reel. Right. And so, like, but thinking about it from like the the customer, the customer, the like consumer's standpoint, and then like i i I've, I've always been fascinated by this like the like the consumption to creation ratio, and so like the more that we create, the more that we get clarity ourselves <laughs> right and so that's like and I think we're just kind of evolving into that everyone's just gonna become a creator, and there's gonna be so much content that we can't consume at all. we're already there but but then through that process, everyone who is a creator, which would be everyone at that point, is has then some level of clarity about what they're posting about what they're creating so then it's it doesn't really matter if you consume or not it's just if you're creating then that is the process that is the part of social media that allows you to grow
1: (laughs) but if you think about it if we're a hundred percent creator and a zero percent consumer the platform's going to die because there needs to be that interaction Mm. and the content and the discussion and i think the interesting point you, you know, you talk about, you just mentioned like the, we've reached this tipping point. We have so much content in front of us. What they always say is only 1% of LinkedIn viewers, subscribers actually put out original content. 1%. So I don't know how many billions of people are on the platform. I forget the number, but like (laughs) <laughs> let's call it let's just make the number easy like a billion right so nine, I, I, I'm not gonna do math while yeah. I'm on the call, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying right so then 99% of that billion is just sitting there scrolling and the question is why and what are you doing to yourself that you're just doing that as opposed to challenging yourself to put your ideas out there bump up against your fears and who knows what'll come out of it was my original point. I had no intention of all these things that have come out of it and it's all been good and I I say that with complete honesty and I never expected that. I had no expectations for it. I wrote to my newsletter, I will never forget this and I have to dig this one out. I said, I've decided to do an experiment. I'm gonna do this LinkedIn thing. I sent that out to my newsletter. I put out that intention to the universe because I wanted to see if it was true, what everybody said. And the, I cannot say that it's closed a single door for me. I can't think of any. Yeah. And that's people's fears. They're like, I'm gonna get fired. And it's very easy for me to say, well, then go find another job. But what I'm trying to say is, if you put thought leadership out there and your company wants to fire you, you need to go find another job. Because that's not a place for you. They're Mm. stifling your thought leadership. And that's a shame. But people are afraid of being fired because they don't wanna be fired. And I get that. Yeah. But what I will tell you is I've had zero doors closed.
0: Right. So stepping into the unknown. Right. Or the fear of that. But also, I guess I'll, what I like to do is kind of take a, instead of like any rapid fire questions or what, like anything like that, I kind of like to take a. Um, A little bit of a break. Sure. Um, Something that we don't do in conversations, just like kind of pause and not think about what we're going to say next or whatever. Sure. Um, So it was like thirty seconds for a minute, just kind of pause and process anything, and then at the end of it, um, I'll ask you to ask me a question. Sure. And then we can keep the go, uh, keep the conversation going from there.
1: Great, because we don't need to talk about social media all night. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's do this. mind yes (laughs) so this um this goes back to what you were saying about your family moving here from india um over the weekend i went to i went to a meetup event an in-person meetup event at a local brewery down the street old mecklenburg um it was like an an international meetup um so there were people from all over the world there and i love traveling and i love meeting people from other places And my question that I always ask them, you know, because these are like expats, kind of like yourself. Um, When you came to the United States, what was like the strangest thing that you experienced or noticed that Americans think is totally normal and you're like, this is super weird?
0: Hmm. That's, that's a question I've never been asked before, or <laughs> nor have I thought about. Sure.
1: <laughs> I mean, did anything stand out to you that was really strange about the United States?
0: Well, so I, I, so I moved when I was four.
1: Got it. But I would guess, and this is an assumption, right? Yeah. Your family grew up in India. You have a long history right. in India. Yeah. So there's got to be some Indian cultural values that are still valued in your family, even though it's here, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm making that assumption. No, no,
0: no. Well, so this is not probably a, a, as deep a uh, an answer that you would like, but <laughs> whatever, whatever comes out. But right? I, I think just the, the funniest things. I guess I didn't notice it until maybe not when I was like four, but like right. maybe a little bit later. <laughs> right. Was just like the, the pronunciation, of, of names, that that Americans can't pronounce a lot of names that are not American. Yeah. It's like, they can pronounce everything from Game of Thrones and Harry Potter <laughs> and Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but when it comes to like something simple, like in um, in, like in in like an Indian language or in Eastern European or South America, whatever it is, it's like, ooh, I've never seen this combination of letters before and I've never seen an accent before <laughs> above an A, and then I'm gonna then, like, I'll say the exact name, for example. Like, this sure. is how you say the name. And then some, there's, like, two syllables. Or sometimes there's a little be one syllable, <laughs> and then the, that syllable is still emphasized incorrectly. I'm like, how can you pronounce, like, you know, like, Rhaegar Targaryen, like, from Game of Thrones? Right. And then not pronounce, like, you know, Shivani. It's, like, phonetically mm-hmm. so easy and then it's like all messed up. And so it's just like, that was just kind of the funny things that I noticed about like anything non American, it's like it's us or, you know, the US versus, mm-hmm. not versus, yeah, kind of versus the world. Anything is outside the US is seen as like different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and even, I guess, this is not when I moved, this is a more recent thought, but like the, the minority majority type of thing it's like why is like being white for example the the majority right it's like it, well you know we're going to be you know however long we're going to reach a, in the u.s of like a minority majority type of population right. breakdown And but it's like why is you know white seen as the um you know the majority it's like Actually, there's more Indian people in the world. There's more Chinese people in the world. You know, like combine those and that's like, you know, whatever, 40% of the world. <laughs> right? right? And so it's, it's like, it's just kind of seeing, it's a, and there are so many different aspects to the US and it's like, but there are so many cultures, but then when we're so confined to just like one geographic area or, you know, regionality, then it's like, you you're very confined. And so I, I think that's just kind of one of the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't leave. Right, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I, I, just to bounce back on I almost said piggyback, that's such a corporate word. I never used that until <laughs> I'm in All Same. those terms, terminology, um, that the rest of the world doesn't use. Um, just, I'm not gonna say that word then, just to follow up on some of the things <laughs> you just said. Um, I get the I get the last name thing, right? My last name is Polish. It's Aleskowitz. Okay. People see it. And and it like I get it. I don't care how you pronounce it. Like just it doesn't matter to me, right? I've heard everything. I've like trust me, I've lived with this for my entire life. Like you can't offend me, um with whatever you say. And this, this is this is I, I hate to say this. I'm going to say this anyway. <laughs> there, people have said Auschwitz because they see it, they freak out, they don't know what to say, and that's like the word they associate with, and that's how they pronounce it. And I said, I hate bringing that up because you know that's such a horrible thing to be associated with. And I'm over it, right? But the first time, I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> but it's. The, the Polish pronunciation is obviously different, but it's Alaskiewicz or Alaskewicz or wh- whatever the heck you want to say. I don't care. But I get what you're saying. I think what you're talking about, games, Game of Thrones, people hear people say it, so they repeat it. But to your point that the name, what was it? Sh-
0: like, it was like, wait, who's? Oh, oh it was Shivani.
1: Shivani. That to me sounds like very phonetic. Right. I'm imagining it in my head, but I think it's not what somebody's used to. So they pa- lack of a better word, they they panic. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we always knew when the telemarketers call were calling our house back back in the day. Right. When people did that stuff because they couldn't say the name and we just knew hang up on them. Right. Yeah. Um, but,
0: no, you know,
1: I, so there was that. What else? What was the third thing you said there? So I was going to say um, something else. About, like,
0: the majority, minority-majority thing.
1: The After that.
0: Name. The,
1: the, the, the regional thing. Oh, yeah, Right. Yeah. Okay, so so I was born and raised on Long Island, right? I mentioned I have no New York accent. I lost it. Um, so I lived there until, you know, I forget saying the year because then i Reveal I'm an old lady. But, um, <laughs> <Not> at all. <laughs> but um, I moved to Atlanta in 2000. And I was, you know, I always heard it's the Manhattan of the South. Like, that's what people were saying to me. And I'm like, I got there. And going, to, spending a lot of time in Manhattan, you can maybe, I don't know if you've been there. But what my expectation of Atlanta was then. I got there. I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and then... <laughs> You know, I, it was a huge culture shock for me because I had never, the, what goes on in the Northeast is very different than what goes on in the Southeast. Because those, I think those two places evolved with diff, very different culture, um, different immigrants groups coming in there and settling. And I just think they evolved differently. So you move from one place in the U.S. to the other and you're like, this is a foreign country. And that's kind of what I felt like. And it was it was eye opening to me because I had, I mean, I was, I guess, unaware of anything at that age, um, but I had I had no, I didn't know that was going to happen. Like I assumed everything was like New York, even though I knew it wasn't. But I still thought it was all the same. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense. It
0: does. It does. Yeah, because like. Well, because if you go to Europe, it's like the same landmass, right. right? It's like the same amount of land area in Europe is like the same as U.S. You, you know, it's, it's off, but like right, right, right. you know. But generally speaking, there's so there's fifty states, there's fifty countries, right? And so like, all different. right, and but we just happen to all speak the same language, but you know, if sort you sort of well, yeah, <laughs> sort of yeah. Well, if you have asked like you know an Alaskan or like a Washingtonian versus like a Florida, yeah, it's like, right or New York, it's like so different, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, it, it does feel like a different country. And then when you go to India, when everyone does speak a different language or when it's an actual different country, like in right. Europe, you can, it's more tangible, the difference. Right. But then it's like, it's less, in, less tangible, but, it's, but also in a way it's tangible, like you said, when moving down from right. the Northeast to the Southeast. So yeah. it's like, it's all very um, interesting to see the sociocultural right. like, differences and similarities across them all.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because I think, I I mean, I always try to speak for myself, but I will say this is probably true for a lot of people. People think India is like a monolith, that it's all the same. Everybody speaks the same language. Everybody dresses the same. It all looks the same. Everybody acts the same. Um, And like I said, on some level, I know that's not true, but because I don't know anything about the individual areas of India specifically. I have. Like I have nothing else to think about it, right? So I watch a show. I, I'm sorry to bring this up, but watch the show, The Indian Matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to bring this up, side. Oh, um, you know, first of all, it was a very interesting show for a lot of reasons. But you know, you know, I I, I realized, you know, culturally how different India is from the United States, and that's why I was kind of asking you some of the, the the question about what's weird about being here, because. I feel like even though some of those clients were in the United States, they still lived under the, the Indian culture. And there was that tug of war between, but I was born here, mom and dad, but I'm still expected to follow these cultural norms. And then, you know, she talks about her, all her different clients. And then they talk about, and I don't want to, again, the pronunciation, the Gujarati.
0: Yeah, perfect.
1: And I'm like... I didn't realize like there were, you know, it's like people have these requests. Like I want to be with a person that's Gujarati or, or sorry, I don't know the other ones, but right. it's kind of like the same thing in in the United States. Like I want to marry a Southern person or I want to marry an Italian or I want, you know, it's, it, that's still there as well. Um, maybe it's not as pr- pronounced, but... Again, I have nothing to compare it to because I've never been a part of Indian culture.
0: Yeah, yeah, cause I yeah, cause <laughs> I've, yeah the, like the, like the aspects of, like, and the thing is, or so like two things, one is, like since I was born in India and then came here, like I, I don't look, let's say like, like the stereotypical American, mm-hmm. right? but then in india i am seen as a foreigner right, right. so th- so that that's the so i'm i'm neither american nor indian i'm somewhere in the middle and, and i think a lot of the my generation who like whose parents who's immig- are immigrant from your first generation mm-hmm. immigrants to the us or other countries like the kids now, like my generation now are like are feeling that it's like where do i fit in like this identity crisis mm-hmm. of like i'm not a Ameri- like i don't look american i don't look like the stereotypical american right and if i go back i don't speak the other language fluently unless i've been brought up in a in a household that speaks it you know every day and even my family does but i don't like i can get by in india like mm-hmm. speaking telugu but i'm definitely not fluent in it i'm barely conversational
1: but you pro- and you probably don't behave right. the same
0: yeah, exactly.
1: You don't behave the same way, right? Because you were brought up in America with the way the Amer- with Americans behave.
0: Exactly, right? And so, like, I'm probably more American than I'm Indian at this point. But then on the flip side, like, the, my parents' generation is, like, more... Like, we will become insulated because they want to feel their Indian culture in this place away from home, right. which is India, from right. them. And so then it's like, they'll still buy these subscription tv channel packages that have all these like telugu hindi um you know channels and then they'll watch these soap operas in those languages (laughs) and then watch all these like the news that is playing in india in the u.s along with the news that's playing in the u.s right (laughs) so it's like this cultural it's not i don't think it's a clash but i think it's a cultural infusion and it's like my perspective is how do i you know what is how does it all work together how does it all integrate Right. Um, but I guess one thing I wanted to ask about is like um, you did mention at the beginning that you were a uh, quote unquote former. Right. Uh, do you say yoga teacher or uh, practitioner? Instructor. Instructor. Okay. Yeah. I guess how, how did you get into that, mm-hmm. and, and and why do you say former? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I I hesitate to say former, but. The way the majority of folks see yoga is a physical practice, right? You grab your mat, you go to a studio, you go to a class somewhere, you bend around a bit. Um, They might see it as exercise, which it might be, right? But it's kind of, it, it has become physical practice. There's so much more to it than that. Um, that I don't want to confuse people. Because (laughs) when I say I'm a yoga teacher, I still consider myself a yoga teacher. I teach the philosophy, the things that I talk about. They may have, it may have different language to it. I may not use those terms, but I'm still talking about the same stuff, right? Emotional intelligence. Where did I learn that stuff? Practicing yoga. Um, nonviolent communication, right? You've heard that term. Um, where did I learn that? Yoga, right? That I don't know how familiar you are with it. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna make any assumptions.
0: I mean, I I <laughs> I, don't I make
1: any cultural assumptions? No, no, for sure, no. Like I I practice
0: it. I'm definitely not like I've gone through any courses right. or <laughs> right. any training on it per se. So
1: I don't want to confuse people. Yeah. I don't want to say I'm a yoga instructor and have them. That's the image, like I'm up in front teaching a class. I no longer do that. But what I do teach, and, it, and what I do teach now is Agile, and Scrum, and you know emotional intelligence, and all that. I, I do it with my yoga background. Because in my mind, because I understand yoga so deeply, I see it as the same thing. Um, how did I get into it? Because I wanted to have a workout. (laughs) That's why I brought that up. I showed up to my first yoga class, somebody that I was working with at the time said, there's a yoga studio across the street, we should go. I'm just like, I don't know anything about that, right? And this was in 2010 or 2011. And sometimes we forget how, what things were like back then. Like yoga was starting to get big here. Um, In Charlotte, there were a number of big studios, so to speak. Um, But I wouldn't say it had crossed the fad that it became a couple of years later. Um, But I went there and, you know, it was a hot yoga class. I'm like, I'm going to get like a good workout in and, you know, you start out in cat and cow and you're doing these like slow movements and I'm like, I found myself getting angry. I'm like, would she just hurry up and get to the darn yoga poses already? (laughs) Like, this went on for weeks. You know, come on, like, we gotta get started. We gotta get moving. Like, this is a waste of my time. Like, let's go. And at some point, I took a step back and I said, why is it not okay that I sit here and do a couple of stretches first? Like, what's the rush? And I looked at it as a workout. And I said, if she didn't hurry up and get to the workout part, I was not getting my full workout in, right? Yeah. Um, I was trying to replace exercise with a yoga class, which is where the fundamental misunderstanding is until you start studying the deeper practice of it. So I, I took these this I felt myself starting to change and start to look at things differently because you hear what the, the instructor is saying, like you know, how you show up to your mat is how you show up to your life. And at first these things didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? Just teach the damn poses. (laughs) And at some point, you know, after hearing these little bits and pieces of like philosophical concepts, I started thinking about them. And I started realizing like, I was not moving quickly enough, so I was getting frustrated. And then where was that showing up somewhere in my life? When things were not going fast enough for me, I was getting mad and frustrated, right? Because I'm a go-getter, I'm a type-A person, <laughs> Like I gotta move, I um, gotta get my workout in. So after about a year of kind of going on this little growth journey that I was going on, I decided to apply and do the yoga teacher training. Um, so that's where you learn all the philosophy like the deep philosophy like do you know like the not yamas and niyamas right yeah high rivals, yeah like so when i talk about like nonviolent conversation nonviolent speaking it's how do you speak your truth versus how do you um be nonviolent so where is the boundary of that and being mindful of that um so there is there's a lot of that and then that kind of goes out into your day job right and this is where it goes out into okay now i'm on a scrum team we have to have a retrospective this concept totally applies right i don't use the sanskrit terms but i'm still teaching them these concepts and that That experience going through the training was very difficult for me it caused me to reflect on a lot of things in my life that were going in the wrong direction and I found myself in a place where I said now I'm aware of all this stuff how can I not do anything about it that's where the tough part comes right where you just can I Can I keep making these decisions that are hurting me and causing me pain and still be okay with it? And at some point, like am I practicing yoga or not, right? So you have to start making changes in your life and then you start making bigger changes and making bigger changes and then it's kind of like with any healing, the people around you no longer recognize you. And then they start to get upset (laughs) and they start to feel like you're changing and you need to go back to the old person because they liked you as the old person or whatever it was. And then you have to make some tough decisions (laughs) and then you have to make even bigger, tough decisions. So this is the path that I found myself on. And at some point, all these bad, I don't wanna say bad decisions because that's a judgment, right? It's like karma is neither good nor bad, it is. All of these decisions in my life kind of caught up to me and I had to make some big choices. So I created this big life that I felt like it was a huge facade and I had to accept that and I had to make the choice to walk away from it and take ownership of that, that what I did was the best I could do at the time. And that I understand if the other people in my life were not happy (laughs) when I walked away because now they're seeing me as a different person. But I realized that I had to do this for myself and for them even if they were upset. So I had to walk away from that life and I started over. And I just made a commitment to myself like, this is who I, I, had to figure out who I was, what I wanted in life, what were my non-negotiables, what were my big goals, and then say, if I don't make every decision in my life in alignment with those things, I'm gonna end up back there in a position that hurts me and other people. And this is the challenge that I'm constantly faced with. These are my goals, these are my objectives, so to speak, is what I'm doing on a daily basis, big and small, in alignment with that. And this is all yoga. And this is the stuff that I talk about to people and they don't realize I'm talking about yoga, but I am.
0: Right. It's like the because it's it's right it's not just the like the physical exercise though it is. It's not just a mental exercise though it is. It's not mm-hmm. just a spiritual exercise though it is. It's mm-hmm. encompasses all of those. Right. And so, like like, how you do anything is how you do everything. Like, I'm just, like, listing off cliches at this point. But, like, sure. but it's, I mean, I guess they're cliches for a reason, right? And so, the, yeah, like, that's what I found. And I'd rather go much, let's say, deeper into one topic or into understanding a subject or into when we talk about, like, the, as a business owner, when you have to be this jack of all trades. I. You know, we can be that and we can be a master of, you know, a, a couple, at least to begin with, right? At least one to begin with, become world-class in something. Right. And then from there, expand both the depth and the breadth, right? But then once we ex- expand the on the depth piece of it, we can really understand everything else. Because if it is, if everything... It's like, what did the instructor say? Like how you show up to these classes, how you show up to life or something along those lines, right? It's like who we are at work is who we are personally, Mm -hmm. who we are, you know, with relationships is who we are, you know, individually. And so it's, and I think once I've started to notice that pattern in myself, it's just, it's become like a very, I don't say easy, but like, it's like, it's almost a game it's like okay like I know exactly what's going on here now if I just like if I just so for example if I want to speak more articulately I can focus on my speech and what are the other ways that I can communicate more effectively or articulately I can write more clearly in a journal I can um, I can practice you know speaking I can you know do all these different types of things that any form of communication, if I do it with more clarity, then everything else that that is a symptom of will naturally change anyways. Right. And so it's like, all right, what's and that's like the leverage of, like of our habits, of, of our thoughts, our intentions. Right. And so like whatever intentions we have, it's just kind of manifest in every aspect of our life. So. <laughs>
1: and, and that's like, that's kind of like the philosophy That a lot of people think is out there. But it is. It's like if I put, if I say these things and I put this, you know, to use the woo-woo term energy, right? Whatever you want to call it, whatever I put out there, you're gonna have a response to. If I put if I like start screaming and yelling at you, what is your response gonna be? Right? Right. I mean you're gonna scream and yell at me back, or you're gonna like run away because whatever, right? You don't like me, but if I decide not to do that and I show up as something else, you're gonna have a different response to me, right? And then I have a different response to you. And I think m- my message to people is always, is always like, I, I, choose a different, th- help me think of a different word because I don't like this word, but you can control what's in your environment more than you realize by not controlling it. Mm-hmm. I can't control the environment, you but I can control how I show up. Um, and this is, this is just something, again, this is like emotional intelligence and um, to get into that energy stuff, right? The woo-woo stuff, yeah. like what? the secret or whatever, when people start to talk about manifesting things and it's not like you put a wish out there. Manifesting is being very clear and then behaving and speaking in alignment with what you're clear about. Because to what what you're talking about is like, oh, I see a lot of people, and I was this person too, and like, right, you still struggle with this, no matter how hard you work on this. You show up with one mask to your friends, you show up to another mask to your partner, you show up with another mask at work, and you show up with another mask at this, and it's exhausting. Can we get to the point where we just are who we are authentically to every single, I hate that word, it's so cliche, but like, If you just show up and be who you are to every single person and thing in your life, although those things react to who you naturally are as opposed to a fake you. And I learned that the hard way. And I wasn't intentionally trying to be fake, it's just you're trying to please other people or you're trying to do what you think is the right thing to do because society tells you to do this thing. So then people are attracted to that. So when you're like, I'm not that anymore, that's where they get upset. And that's right, Yeah. So it's kind of like, if you are clear who you are and you put out the same thing in your speech, your behavior, your writing to every single person, everybody will be very clear who you are. And that is something that I've been working on in LinkedIn. Sorry to bring up social media, but that has really helped me because I'm, I can't say I'm not afraid to post things. I do get nervous. But I'm much more free in what I say on there. And I will say the same thing on LinkedIn that I say in a job interview, that I say to my boss, that I say, because it's me. And if you don't like me, don't hire me. And that's a really, it takes a long time to get to that place. Hmm. And a yeah. lot of guts.
0: Yeah, But it's like very freeing, right? It is.
1: Yeah, is. I've said some of the craziest things in job interviews. I'm like, I don't know how I got away with that. They still hired me.
0: Yeah, because uh, people are looking for people who think differently. Right. And so if you're just like, you know. Sorry. No problem. If you're just like a, like, you're just following the crowd, then, you know, they could hire anyone like that. Right. But But like the aspect of like, I've been doing these, like, very deep exercises of, like, like what experiences do I want? You know, why do I want these experiences? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, these like, understanding my beliefs at a deeper level. Right. I mean, I've been doing those only in one domain of my life, of, like, you know, let's say there's, like, five different, five to seven different domains of, like, you know, human connections of, like, my, let's say, you know, personal projects of, um, you know, career, stuff like that. And all these different areas but then once i've started to like go through the exercise of all right like these deep, these deeper things in one aspect they actually carry over into everything and so like what you're saying of who do i show up with like i'm showing up with a mask in this area to this person with like that there is eventually <laughs> there there is no mask right because right, you just you and this is so freeing yeah all right um yeah. I guess to to kind of wrap up here is there no. any other any thoughts or anything that you had on your mind that we haven't uh broached yet
1: Well one one la- last thing that I I wanted to kind of reflect on something you said um you know you, you talk about um you were kind of describing like T-shaped skills and I think now there's like pie-shaped skills or M-shaped skills and how there's such talk about that in corporate America. Like, we need to develop T-shaped skills. We can't just have people that are experts in one topic. And you know, for for me, if, you know, if that person leaves, then you have nobody to do that job, right? So they talk about breaking people out of these silos and developing their other skills so they can be more um, T-shaped or pie-shaped or whatever. And going into corporate America, you know, I've been like small business startup, solopreneur, whatever, but going and working in corporate America, really realizing how siloed people are and how they really only want and are comfortable doing that one thing and how I've had to coach people so much to learn other things because what they've reflected back to me is, well, if somebody else learns from me and learns how to do my tasks, then they're gonna take my job and I'm gonna get fired. That's the mentality that I came across. And it was surprising to me. Um, Because I don't think that way. And as an entrepreneur, and as somebody who's worked in small businesses where you have to wear a lot of hats, and you have to become good at a lot of things very quickly, you see the value of developing these deep skill sets. um, And how you don't wanna be just a master of one thing because a you, you're forced to right as a solopreneur you have to be marginally good at everything or at least everybody has to think you are mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> and you have to be pretty good at a lot of things and an expert at a bunch of things um, but when you go into a company where people do th- do the same type of work how they it it's um, it's not natural for them to want to go out and develop other skills, and realizing some of that, it just has to do with the way we're wired, and that's why when it goes back to like people um, with with varied skill sets need to come in and <laughs> help folks, <laughs> yeah um, because. Just saying these things is not gonna make it happen, right? There's a lot of things that corporate America says, we need to do this, but then it's like, oh my gosh, how do we do it? And bringing people in from the outside to help that transformation happen is something that I love doing because constantly developing my skills and seeing that as a positive is so natural to me. So I don't yeah. know if that I don't know if that made I, I, sense, but I was just like I was very surprised by that, and what you were saying, just made me think of that mm. because it's so much an entrepreneur mindset to have to develop every skill you can that it's almost like you can't understand how you only do one thing.
0: Right, and then understanding how I, all right now I can do all these things. Now how do I leverage my times and money, whatever, so then right. I can focus on the things that I do best right. and outsource or. Right, things that I do marginally well or right. do reasonably well. Sure. So it's like find, then finding that balance is a whole new journey. <laughs> right, right. 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 But anyways, anyway,
1: sorry, I know we went way over oh, time. Oh, th- this is perfect. <laughs> no, this is an
0: amazing conversation, Patty. Um, I guess where can people find you? Obviously, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn,
1: like we spend all this time talking about that. Yeah. So Patty, P-A-T-T-Y, Aluskwitz. Mm-hmm. Um, so try to spell that one a l u s <laughs> k e w i c z so there's that um my website is agile mindset and you can contact me through my website that might be easier to remember or spell
0: <laughs> gotcha got it perfect well this is amazing conversation yeah. um and loved having you on And hopefully many more of these uh, Casually Profound chats in the future. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you guys, everyone, for listening to another episode of Size Eyes in the Casually Profound series. I'll see you next time.